Our scripture reading this morning is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. I'll be reading from the New American Standard. Therefore, putting aside all malice and guile and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babes, long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the kindness of the Lord and, and coming to him as to a living stone, rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God, you also, as living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house for the holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For this is contained in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone, and he who believes in him shall not be dis disappointed. This precious value, then, is for you who believe, but for those who disbelieve, the stone which the builders rejected this became the very cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. For they stumble because they are disobedient to the word, and to this doom they were also appointed. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Well, I do appreciate the kindness of not passing out the directory to after the sermon is over to keep you from having to be distracted or trying to do two things at one time. Prayerfully, we understand the message of the song we've just sung. The church is one foundation. It is built on the Lord Jesus Christ. There is an allegiance, a faithfulness, a love, and an obligation we have towards that church. I've known individuals or read of individuals who have made it their life's desire to visit and to watch a ball game in as many major baseball stadiums as they can in a lifetime. They will spend their summers just traveling about the country, going from one stadium to another. How do they do that? They do, do they just do that accidentally? Or do they map out a route that they're planning to take and the stadiums that they will encounter? Do they take the time to look at a ball schedule of the games. 
I mean, if you're going to go see the Texas Rangers play and you go to Arlington, but if they're playing in Oakland, you're not going to see the game. You check everything out. Saying all of that is we do a lot of that in the world. We plan vacations along those lines of what we're going to do, where we're going to see, what we're going to do. What do we do when we plan to go traveling? Where does the Lord's church fall in perspective of how do we plan where we're going to do or where we're going to visit when we make the plans along the way. Take time to reread the scripture reading this morning out of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. No, particularly verse 2. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. Have we ever found that to be true in our life? Have we tasted to know how gracious the Lord is? And if we understand how gracious He is, how compassionate He is, how desirous He is of our being His children, does that enter into the picture when we plan to travel? Do we ever look ahead of time? And I know things do not always go as planned, But is there a plan? I know as we investigate, the things do not always go as we had thought they might go. You can look on the internet for congregations near or where you're planning to visit. And they may have all of the right answers. Because normally that is what is being presented is we want to appear or we want to seem to be Right. You can make telephone calls and you can ask the questions. And there's been times when that has taken place and when we arrive at the destination, we found out we did not ask all the right questions that needed to be asked and have to go elsewhere. But do we make the plans that if we are gone on the Lord's day, that we fully intend to be with the Lord's people as they gather together to worship and to praise God. As we make plans for traveling, again, the question has to be, how do you plan? If you're planning to go to different amusement parks or whatever else it may be, what do you do? Do you just simply show up someday and hope maybe that's the location that it is and maybe the gates are open and maybe there might be something going on inside? You plan it ahead of time. 
you plan to check out when are the gates open, what are the times, what are the programs, whatever it is that you're looking for. You map it out carefully because you want to make the best, the best use of your time. Do we do that spiritually? Do we honestly, sincerely desire to plan in advance that on the Lord's day we will worship with the Lord's people? We will put forth that effort. We believe that church is one foundation. We believe that he reigns supreme. We believe as we heard the reading that this is of primary importance to us on this earth is to be that child of God and to be with the children of God. We go back and we can look, for example, in Acts chapter 20. In verses 1 through 7, Paul at Troas making his way down towards Jerusalem. Read a little bit later on down through down there in about verse 16. He has a destination or a time frame that he desires to be in Jerusalem. But when he comes to Troas, he arrives, and again as you read on down, he is on a schedule. His scheduling is not quite the same as ours might be. It has a lot to do with the shipping and everything else and, and routes that might be traveled. But he stays in Troas for seven days. Why? If he's in a hurry to be in Jerusalem, why does he tarry in Troas? to meet with the saints, to be able to worship with the saints. He planned that. It's his trip to the best of his ability and the guidance of God and so forth, but he's the one that's making those decisions. And in those decisions, his plan is that as he travels, He wants to plan that if he comes in early, if you will, that he will spend the time there until he's able to meet and to worship with the saints. Being with God's people is important along the way. The psalmist reminds us in Psalm 122 and verse 1, I was glad when they said, let us go up to the house of the Lord together. There's a joy in being, gathering together with God's people, wherever that may be. Now, we plan to be with God's people as we make our plans. We're the ones that make those plans. What is important to us? Do we see that God is important? Or do we see the importance of visiting whatever it is that we want to visit? Wherever your interest happens to lie, those who like the amusement parks, those who like the national parks, 
those who like museums, those who like whatever it is. What plans do we make that thoroughly include anticipating that opportunity to meet with fellow saints? There's always been something special. That as we make that gathering from time to time, it's always interesting those that you encounter. It usually does not take too long to find out somewhere down the line you know somebody in common, whoever that may be from distant locations. Is it that important to us that we really plan to do that? Or do we just do it on the spur of the moment if we happen to have time along the way? Paul, as he was writing to the Colossians, and in that third chapter of Colossians, if then ye were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, If you are raised to be a child of the living God, is that a primary importance to you to seek the things that are above? Where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God, set your mind on these things, the things above, and not on things on the earth. What motivates you? What encourages you? What desire do you have as you live your life on this earth? What would you want to say to Christ above? about how you lived here. Well, Lord, I got to see Pikes Peak and went to the Grand Canyon. I did a lot of things that I've always wanted to do, fulfill my bucket list. But did you worship with his people? Did they encourage you as you worship? Did you encourage them as you worshiped with them? Were they sought out was there, was there an anticipation of being with them? Set your mind on things above, not on the things of earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. And when Christ, who is our life, appears then you also will appear with him in glory. What an anticipation. Again, yea, we live here. Yea, there is a life to be lived, and we can live it to its fullest. But in living it to its fullest, does that not include the fullness of of the blessings of being with God's people, wherever that may be. And to put forth that effort, 
Sometimes as we travel, we are able to worship with congregations of a fair size. And sometimes when we travel, we've been able to worship with congregations where you make up the majority of the congregation when you visit. But what do you do to the lives of those that you worship with? How enriched are they by having that opportunity to have brothers and sisters in Christ worship with them? Even if you travel about and you're going to play it by ear, just do some things here and there and travel about. Again, who sets the schedule? Who sets the direction? Who sets where the stops are going to be? Well, there just were not any congregations where we were at. Who made the plans? I drive out into the middle of West Texas, I seriously doubt if I'm going to see the Mississippi River. I don't think it's going to happen. If I want to see the Mississippi River, I'm going to have to make plans to go that way. We set the plans. And if I want to be with God's people, I need to know where God's people are. When books were still popular, there was a book where the saints meet. And you can look in there and find locations. And sometimes you would have to adjust so that you can be where the saints do meet. A lot of it now you can do online. Those directories are online. You can Facebook, you can do a host of things and locating places. Whose obligation is it? on the first day of the week. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together, but let us encourage one another and all the more as we see that day approaching. There is, that, is, is there that anticipation of honestly wanting to be in the house of God where the saints are meeting? There's something about being with God's people. Well, we just worship together on our own, but there's something special about being with God's people. God made it that way. God desires us to be with family. And we're blessed. Yea, and I know times changes. I can drive around the Metroplex today and I can see building after building after building that used to be where the Lord's church met. And they no longer meet there for one reason or another. But you have to put forth that effort. But that's where you want to be. And if I sacrifice something else in order for me to be where I can worship with God and his people, have I sacrificed or have I been blessed 
by being with God's people. I have the feeling that I can go to heaven and never seen Pikes Peak. That I can go to heaven and never have seen the Grand Canyon. But I find it hard to believe that I can go to heaven and not meet with God's people. How can I think I could? Do I not believe that Jesus Christ shed his blood for every soul that has repented of their sins, been baptized for the remission of their sins, been raised to walk in newness of life? Do I not believe that Jesus is with them? And where they meet, do I not believe I need to be with them to the best of my ability to encourage them as well as to be encouraged myself? The choices are ours to make along the way. When we look and see again what has what God has done for us. Verse four of the reading this morning, coming to him as a living stone, rejected by man but chosen by God and precious. And you are living stones being built up in a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. We're coming to a living stone that's been rejected by men. Do I reject him when I travel? Our time is precious. We only got a limited amount of time to get to a certain number of places, and there are a lot of things we want to see in this time frame. And there have been those when they've gone on vacation. They've gone on vacation from God as well. That's well-pleasing to the one who left the glory of heaven to suffer and to die for my sins in order that I might have that hope of eternal life with him one day. Do I see myself as a living stone in a living building, a living structure, God's church, his body, that we are jointly joined together? And when the living body is together, there's life. And that's where it needs to be. That is, is it cherished in the life that we live? Do we believe that indeed he is precious in verse 7? Do you indeed believe that you are a chosen generation, a chosen people? You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people. King James says, peculiar people. But do you see yourself as his own special people? 
How could his people, who are precious in the eyes of God, not want to be with other people who are precious in the eyes of God also? Not want that fellowship. Not to and, and not anticipate that fellowshipping together with Christians wherever it may be. Again, never knowing. What's your presence at that gathering of God's people? What's your presence may do for them? To give them that boost, to give them that word of encouragement, just give them that reason to rejoice that there are brothers and sisters in Christ who longingly desire to be with other brothers and sisters in Christ. But it does begin with that invitation song. Where could I go but to the Lord? Does that enter into your thinking as you travel? Where could I go but to the Lord? Where is the Lord meeting with his people? Where can I go? For that blessing of being encouraged by being in the presence of God, anticipating being in the presence of God through all eternity. Each one has to answer that question of where could I go? Each one has to respond in this life as well as to be able to respond in the next life. What answer are you giving to that? Where are you drawing your source of encouragement from that? And where do you long to be eternally? As you reflect, the life is not where it needs to be and there's a change that needs to be made. If we could assist you, if we could help you in any way, then indeed we do bid you to come as together we stand and sing.